Good. The Lord is good, isn't he? Come on, y'all. Y'all can do better than that. Y'all know he's good now. Y'all know he's good. Y'all know that his mercy endures forever. It does now. And we ought to give thanks that God would think enough about us to bless us with his son and help us along the way because we all need help, don't we? We all need help, whether we mean it or not. You know, some of us, you know, we, people in the world, and go through the world like they really got it all going on, but deep inside, they're hurting, there's nobody that really understands them or takes the time to understand them, and we keep looking for love in all the wrong places. One thing I know about people who are deprived of the, well, they think they're being deprived of the things of the world is that they feel that they are discounted if they don't have this or if they don't have that, but they don't realize and understand that if you've got God, you've got more than enough. You've got more than you'll ever need if you've got him. You trust me on that. And see, we, we, we keep allowing the world to set our standards for us tell us whether we're somebody or not. Okay. Now, God had already told us what we are. But our word today is uh, the, we'll be coming out of the book of Zechariah, 14th chapter. <clears throat> the word of the Lord today is God has remembered. Zechariah means exactly that. God has remembered. And is it not good that God has remembered us? There's not one of us in here, or there's not one of us that should be here, whom God has passed over. But we pass over ourselves, do we not? Every time God tries to do something for us, we allow the enemy to trick us, and then we pass over our own self. And then we get into that place of Zoar, that means little or small. You know, it's like in the days of Lot. The angel told Lot, Lot, go to the mountain. Lot said, no, I want to go over here to this little small place called Zoar. That's what we do. God tell us to go come up higher. We say, no, Lord, I'm not. I want to go to that little small spot. Because, you see, we try to find protection in the small place. You know? Mm. Mm. Go to the mountain. Because on the mountain, you can see everything. You can hear heaven closer. It's closer to you. But as long as we stay down low, we continuously fall into that category where all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. But we forget that God weighs the spirit. I want us to go to Jeremiah. Hold that place in the 14th chapter of, of uh, Zechariah. But I want you to go to Jeremiah 6.16. I'm going to tell you why we're in the condition that we are. Not only in the world, but in the church. Because I'm more concerned about the church than I am about the world. 
<laughs> the world was going to hell anyway. But it's kind of like my job not to try to help us in the church as a pastor and leader in the church. It's kind of my job is to try to keep the church from going to hell. Amen. Like the world, right? Amen. So that means I got to preach truth, right? That's right. right, right. And that's what the church folks got a problem with today because they've been so conditioned yes. to conform to what people want. When the word has never said, I'm going to conform to you, but you got to conform to me. Amen. And the word is designed for us to conform to it. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing cometh by the word of God. Jeremiah 6.16 says what? Stand ye in the way. Is that what it says? Amen. Uh-huh. It says, stand ye in the way. And see and ask for the what? For the what kind of path? Old path. Look at that real close now. It says, I want you to stand ye in the way. The way of who? Jesus Christ is the way, right? Mm -hmm. He said, first we got to stand in Christ, right? And then what we have to do is we have to see and ask for the old path. See it and ask. How you going to ask something you don't see? Hmm? How you gonna get somewhere and you don't know where you're going? Huh? The first thing you got to have is sight. That's why the Bible says, unless a man is born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't get there unless you see it. He said, first you gotta stand in Christ. The way. Jesus Christ is the way to and the life. 14 6, I think. Now, once we stand in that way, then now remember God has remembered. That's the name of the sermon. That's the title. God has remembered now. He remembered what his word said, and he remembered what we're doing in conjunction with that. This is serious business that we're involved in. That's right. Now, some of us are not taking this thing the way we need to be taking it. But for those of us that are, God's going to continue to bless you. Trust me on it. Don't get in the way of God and what God is doing in your life. Because a lot of times what happens is the devil will use a trick. As soon as you start getting in a place where you can hear God, then hear from folk that wasn't concerned about your uh, 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 salvation before, but all of a sudden now, here they come. Well, you need to do this and you need to do that. Or won't you come over here? Won't you go over there? No, 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 no. You wasn't, you wasn't trying to get me. Now, wait a minute. Don't they do it? Don't people do that? And it just as soon as you get settled in, all of a sudden, everybody gets interested in you. You didn't care about me before, my salvation. But now all of a sudden, you know, and it don't. It's a lie. It's a trick of the enemy. You don't plan a plan. And take it out of the place where it's being nurtured. Have you, have you ever planted? I brought this scenario before. Have you ever planted something and then pick it up, planted it in good soil, and the nutrients begin to work because it takes a minute, and then you're going to pull it up? I don't think I want this. You understand what I'm saying? You're killing the plant. You're killing it. You're killing it, see? 
Or, well, I think I've been there long enough now. Yeah, but you was growing here. Yeah, you stopped growing. You stopped receiving. So the devil snatches the word now. As soon as you get it, you snatch it from you. And have you angry at the preacher. But you really angry at God. Now you think all your ways are clean in your own life. But you don't know God's way in your spirit. He got your number. That's what we're going to talk about tonight, today. Yeah. We're going to do this thing. God knows what he's doing. God knows when he's bringing these messages, he knows what he's doing when he does it. That thing will come back to haunt us. See that? For the old path, mm-hmm. for in them are the good way. And if you walk therein, it says, that's the Bible, you read it. If you walk therein, you'll find rest for yourself. But notice what they did. The Bible says that they wouldn't walk therein and read it. Read the book. Ain't that what it said? Ain't that what it said? Is that not what the word, is that your word said that same thing? See, you got to see it in the word. If you, see, that's what's wrong. You pay, I want you to see it in the word. I don't want you to see it in me. I want you to go in that word and see, let God speak to you. Because he's the only one that can do it for you. I want you to see that thing in that word. You see, and then you can say, okay. He done told me what to do. Now, he said, now, if I walk therein, I'll find rest for my soul. But Lord, I'm resting. Check your itinerary. Things ain't going right. Check your itinerary. Are you walking in the old path? Are you walking in? Are you standing in the way and walking in the old path, seeing and asking for it? For therein is the good way. And if you walk therein, you'll find rest for yourself. If you walk in. But then it goes on to say they didn't walk there. But you wouldn't walk there in. In other words, you bucked God. You bucked him. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave you to your misery. And those that walk, yes, I'm going to leave you to your misery. And those that want to go, get on the train. Get on the train. Ticket already paid for. Get on the train. Those that want to go. Amen. But now, this train, you can get off at any time you want to. And I guarantee you, like you said one time before, the way, where, you, where they got off the train at, they still stuck. stuck. And let me tell you something, when you're stuck in that movie, weeds will grow up. You ever seen, you ever, you ever seen when you, when you, yes, weeds will grow up all over you. So if you're at a place where things are moving in God, keep on keeping up. Because God is concerned. See, see, now me as a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul. I'm not concerned about nothing else. But now, after that, I can't do no more for you. If, you, if I love you and you rejected what I have for you, ain't nothing else I can do for you. You looking for love and all along. You had a good heart. Yeah. You had it. But you blew it. Because you walked away from what you needed to do. 
you walk away. The Bible says, make your election and your call is sure. You. And part of that election and part of that calling is to forsake not the assembly of the brethren. Part of that calling is like what you read last night where it says that in the place where the Lord has placed his name, that's the place that you're supposed to bring your tithe, your offerings, and all of that. He's placed you here at House of Destiny. This is the place where you're supposed to pull out. So this is where God's name is dwelling for you. Whether it's your time or whatever, you know, God knows. All of that means something to God. See, there are some things that are greater than money. Your soul is greater than money. Money is minute to the growth of your soul. But some people can't reach that level. So I was perturbed the other night about it. And God came on the scene like he always does. He spoke to me in my craziness. And he said, let me sit down. Let me sit down. He said, let me sit down. He said, I'm going to give you the difference between Tiffany's jewelry store in New York, where only the wealthy people go, and Walmart, where all the rest of them go. He said, every 2% of this nation, 2 to 3% are wealthy. The rest of them find another category. Only the two to three percent of the wealthy can go to Tiffany. Tiffany don't need to have a big store like Walmart because Tiffany don't need as many people at Walmart because everybody don't have the jack to buy what Tiffany got to say. So they go to Walmart. Okay, he said, now you look at the churches. He said, depending on the level whether it's Tiffany or whether it's Walmart, more people with the bigger churches are getting a Walmart word. You're giving a Tiffany word. Amen. You, you know what I'm saying? He sat me down. He, he said, let me tell you something. He said, let me, let me show you something. Let me just show you who I am. He said, they don't have the richness in them to come to Tiffany. Because they know they can't buy what I got to sell them. So they have to go to Walmart, the megaplex, the common brand. But he said, You are elite. The level of the knowledge that you get, you're teaching folk things that they never even know that was in the body. He said, Sit down, shut up, and do what I tell you to do. Obedience. He said, one of the people that you got is worth over a thousand that go to Walmart. Just one of y'all. Because of the level of the richness that you pack. And you can go in and you can bring out new and old treasures. That's what the Bible says. Those that are instructed in the kingdom of God. The Bible says they can go in, they can bring out like a man that owns a house. He said he can go in there, he can bring out old and new treasures. In other words, he can bring out ancient revelations and new ones too. In other words, you got it going on. So you better recognize it. You better recognize it. Like he told me, I better recognize it. You better recognize it. Now let's get you the word. You better recognize it. Better recognize it. 
couldn't do it. You recognize he shut me up. Chair deep, deep, he shut me up right away. I said, okay, I got it now. He said, I got it now. That thing was just as clear. And look at the word. The word of God says in the book of Zechariah, the 14th chapter, it says, Behold, that means to look closely at. The day of the Lord cometh, that which is required. Day means that which is required. It says, and thy spoil shall be divided right there in the midst of thee. That's strong right there. For God to say that the day is coming, he's talking to his people. He said, the day coming that I'm going to take your spoils, your goods, those that you, you know, that think you're clean in your own eyes all your way, he said, I'm going to make you look, you're going to lose, you're gonna, it's going to be taken from you right in front of you. That's what the word is saying. The word of God says, Behold, the day cometh when thy spoil, thy spoil, is going to be divided right in the midst of thee. Right before their eyes, the church's eyes, because judgment starts where? In the house of the Lord first. Right there. And look what it says in verse 2. It says, For I will, I will, the Lord said, gather all nations against Jerusalem, Jerusalem being peace, to battle. God is going to bring up all the nations against the peace of the church to do battle against the Lord, have mercy. All the nations. You ever seen all these things on TV? All these billboards and all these commercials and all these little girls shaking their little things and all that. Y'all ever seen that stuff? All these little old boys with the ribcage, you know, all these things. That's all them nations coming up against you to take your peace from you. Because it's going to have you. That's what it's doing. You better recognize what this word is saying. All this stuff coming at us to pull us away from the peace of God. That's what it's doing. That's what it's doing. The Bible says he's going to bring all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city, which is our encounter with thee, is going to be taken. You see it? And the houses, which houses we are, are going to be rifled, meaning they're going to be plundered. Mm-hmm. And the women, which is our internal essence, is going to be ravaged. It's going to take all our spiritual essence from us. And half the city, see that, shall go forth into captivity. I'm a and the, but look here, and the residue, that's us, of the people, shall not be cut off from the city. Only a remnant. Most of them are going to go in captivity. That's what the word says, talking about church folks. Say so most of them, they're going to lose their peace, and they're going to start sinking after, they're going to start, like the Bible says, whoring after other gods. And it's going to take them into captivity. Amen. And only a residue. It's going to battle against them. Amen. Then shall the Lord go forth. Now this word that I'm speaking here in the 14th chapter of, 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 of Zechariah, he can go many different ways. Historically, theologically, which I really don't care too much for theology or theologians or sequences of the thing, but they're not all wrong. The historical prophecy of this is when Jesus will come back in, at Armageddon 
That's what this chapter is about. And set up the thousand year millennial reign of Christ on the earth. How many of y'all know about that? How many? So you've been in church all this time. In the mother church, you've been going, but you don't know that. So that ought to tell you, that ought to clarify what I've been saying to y'all about what you've been listening to. Now God has you under an elite word where you can know and understand what this thing is really all about. Y'all ought to give God some praise for that. Now, this word says, this word says that, 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 and and, and we're going to do it spiritually, but in essence, it's talking about the time when Jesus comes back with the Son and takes control of this earth. Put the devil in lock up for a thousand years called the millennial reign of Christ. And then afterwards, you'll let him out. Revelation talks all about it. And the book talks all about it. And Satan will be let out and for a little while. And then he'll take care of Satan for good. And that's when everything will come up before the great white throne of judgment. And everything then, you know, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. You know, this is not fair tale. It's, it's all in the book. But I'm just giving you a quick, quick override what this is talking about here. Okay. But I'm going to deal with it in the spiritual and sometime I'll go to that area of historical prophecy. But my thing is, is what's rhema? What is now? Rhema word means a now word, a spiritual word. See, I'm going to bring it into how it plays in our life now. So, verse 3 says, And the Lord shall go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. Exodus 15.3 declares that the Lord is a man of war. It declares that. Verse 4 said, And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. Now, I want you, I, I want you to understand. I'm going spiritual here now. I'm not going theology, theological. I'm going spiritual here. And his feet, mm-hmm, his feet shall stand in that day, I'm at Zechariah 14th chapter, I'm in verse 4. Zechariah 14th chapter, verse 4. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives means that mountain of suffering in your soul. That's what the Mount of Olives means. It means suffering. That's where Gethsemane was, the Garden of Suffering, where Jesus, so exceedingly, his soul was in sorrow, remember? Until he cried, sweats of blood, or drops of blood. Now, spiritually speaking, God's feet, God is going, Jesus Christ is going to stand upon the Mount of Olives. He's going to stand upon the height of our suffering. Notice that the Mount of Olives is before Jerusalem. Y'all see that? Do you understand what they're saying spiritually? I want you to get this spiritually. He doesn't stand on Jerusalem first. He stands on your suffering first. Before you can get to peace, you got to suffer. Notice what he did now. You can't 
jump over and get peace without suffering. Suffering brings peace. It's a refiner. So, Act 14.22 says that we are to confirm the souls of the disciples. Acts 14.22. Exhorting them in the faith. To continue in the faith. Because through much suffering shall we enter into the kingdom of God. Okay? Until we reach the kingdom of God, we can't get the proper peace of God, okay? So we get that through much suffering. But Jesus, spiritually, not theologically, not historically, because we know the prophecy when he'll sit down, I'll touch down on the Mount of Olives. But we're talking spiritually here. Spiritually brings it into a now situation with you. I'm concerned about you now so that when he does do that, we'll be the ones with him and not the ones who he's coming to get. Is that one of these going somewhere? I got it. Testing, one, two, three. Testing. Testing. I got it. It's that one over there. Now, what happens is, is that he stands on the Mount of Olives, the place of our supper, the height of it. You know, when you really at the breaking point, it's right before peace. Peace. And it's on the east, which is within. And the Mount of Olives, look what's going to happen. That place, that height of suffering in your life, when Jesus steps down on it, it's going to cause a split of that mountain. It's going to cleave from one end, and it's going to cleave to another end and cause a, what kind of valley? A very great valley. You see, when God stands on that height of your suffering, it causes a great breakthrough in your life. That's what that valley is, a very great breakthrough, you see. Once you get that very great breakthrough, you will have to usher yourself into it. It says that, and half the mountain shall be removed toward the north and half toward the south. And it says, and ye shall flee to the valley of the mountain. Now, I know this is talking about the historical prophecy of the Jewish nation. I know that. But I'm bringing it to you in the spirit where you can understand now. What, what is this saying to me now? It ain't doing me no good to see it up there if I can't apply it to my life now. I'm trying to put a practical, spiritual application in your life about this thing. Now, he said, and ye, verse 5, shall flee to the valley of the mountains. For the valley of the mountains, which is the breakthrough, the very great breakthrough, shall reach unto Azan, which is nobility. 
You understand that when God brings that very great breakthrough, which comes through our height of suffering, where God brings us into peace through the very great valley or the very great breakthrough. And that breakthrough is going to take us all the way into the noble selection of Christ. We're going to be nobly selected, those that can usher their way through that breakthrough. See, see, you got to be able to usher your way through this thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, you got to be able to stand and withstand and stand even still. And when that thing does come, you got to shoot together. The Red Sea, when it was parted. You got to go. Or them waters ain't going to last forever for you. You, you. you hear what I'm trying to say up in here? When you got a chance at this thing, we better take it. That's what I'm talking about. That water ain't going to stay forever for you. It's only going to be open for a time. And you better shoot the gap. You better shoot the gap. See, when God takes up his church, the rapture as they call it, when God takes us up to meet him in the air to be with him forever, and he says comfort one another with these words. Well, we don't comfort one another with these words anymore. We too busy talking about how we're going to get our stuff. And God told us he's going to do that. See, we don't comfort ourselves no more with the real word of God. That's what the problem is. There's no eternal message in the word no more. He told us what to do. He gave us the instruction. But see, we try to make another gospel to satisfy the people. So the people ain't getting saved, they just playing church Amen. instead of being in church. Amen. They go when they want to. Amen. Oh yeah. They do what they want to. That's church folk. But God said you're supposed to make yourself a living sacrifice. That's what he said. But we don't change the script. So we think. So we think that thing gonna stay open a long time, but it's not. So when God makes the call to call us up, it's going in the twinkling of an eye. See, that portal, P-O-R or what, T-A-L, that portal, it ain't gonna stay open long. You understand what I'm trying to say here? You can miss it if you, he say don't go. If you're on the housetop, don't go down. If you're in the field, don't, 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 don't go back to take nothing. All right now. It's going to be quick. It's going to be quick now. See, this is the thing that we're supposed to be reminding each other of. Not about how you're going to get some stuff and all. No, let's get back to the real deal. See, we done got away. We done got so far away from the precious blood of the Lamb and the true teachings of God. That now we want God to be our Santa Claus, and when He's not our Santa Claus, then we get the pot. It's not going to stay over long. But for those that are ushered through Azel, they're going to be selected as the noble one. As the noble one. Verse 5 says you should flee. 
to the valley. Of the mountain. For the valley of the mountain shall reach unto a Yet yeah, ye should flee. Like as ye fled from before. Ooh, they've been there before. The earthquake. Uh -huh. In the days of Uzziah, the king of praise. Uh -huh. King of Judah. And the Lord, my God, shall come. And all the saints with thee. All the saints with thee. Not some, but all the saints. So let's, let, let's get this right. Let's get it right. It says about this earthquake. In the mid-8th century B.C., the Middle East was hit with a devastating earthquake. It was the 8.1. It was hit with a devastating earthquake, 8.1. The prophets warned both the northern kingdom as well as the southern kingdom of the impending danger if they did not turn from their evil ways and return to the Lord and his ways. Two years before this quake, a Judean shepherd from Pekoa named was out in the field. He was a sheep herder. Out in the field, minding his own business. God set him on fire as a prophet. Immediately, he began to prophesy about the earthquake and the downfall. He cried out against the social injustice in the northern kingdom under the rule of Jeroboam II. This is the one in nine one. The book that bears his name is replete with warnings of an earthquake to come. In the southern kingdom, Isaiah was on the other end. One was in the northern kingdom, the other one was in the southern kingdom. Isaiah was over in the southern kingdom warning of this earthquake. As well because of the haughtiness of the people of Judah. Isaiah 2, 6 through 21. Hundreds of years later, the prophet Zechariah reminds the people of Judah of the devastation caused by this quake. Zechariah 14, 4 and 5, where we are now. And it was concluded that the earthquake measured an 8.2 on the Richter scale by two investigating geologists. As you know, they can go back in time and read the rocks. King Uzziah was in the temple. And guess why the earthquake came? See, there's a breaking point about evilness. And then God would deal with this situation. The nation had already been evil because they had an evil king. Now, King Uzziah was in the temple trying to offer incense on the altar at Young Keeper, which is the Day of Atonement. Now, this is the duty that's only, in, that's only given to the priests. But he is up in there doing it. And it's only given, it's a duty that's given only in exact to the high priest. The one over all the rest of them. 
Now the priest tried to stop him, but he was defiant. He didn't want to hear nothing. But while Uzziah spoke, a great tremor shook the earth as that earthquake did. And as the temple was riven, a brilliant shaft of sunlight gleamed through it, fell upon the king's face, and leprosy smote him. Uzziah, anybody know anything about leprosy? Leprosy back in those days would get you ousted from the camp. And you have to live in those leprosy cities. Outside the place. Uzziah was full of pride that he thought he was above the law and could do anything that he wanted to do. But when he was strong in his heart, his heart was lifted up to his own destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Second Chronicles 26, 16. Pride always goes before the fall. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Now Uzziah, he paid a high price for his pride and obedience to the word of God. He was put outside the city in an isolation house. Remember, I told you, put you on the outside. Left and was not allowed to go into the temple again. He died on the outskirts. Once the king turned into an outcast. Back to the word of God here about the saints. Here at the end, in verse 5, at the end, and the Lord my God shall come. It says that we are to flee to that place of nobility, Azel. And you should flee like they fled before the earthquake. We already dealt with the earthquake. And the Lord my God shall come and all the saints with him. Now let's go theology here. The saints have already been taken up. They're coming back with God, with Jesus, to do the Armageddon thing and set up the thousand year millennial reign of Christ. But look how in Deuteronomy 33, verse 2, Moses, even back then, Talk about the saints. Deuteronomy 33, verse 2. Amen. Now that's a long way back. Who we get up, please say amen. Deuteronomy 33, verse 2. You got that? Amen. Look at the word here. Yeah, says he loved the people. All the who? Saints. I'm coming out of Deuteronomy 33, verse 2 and 3. I'm sorry. Yeah, verse 2 and verse 3. All right. Let's go to verse 2. And he said, The Lord come from Sinai and rose up from Zir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came with how many? Ten thousands of who? He called them saints back then, didn't he? Way back then, from his right hand went a fire in law for them. Did he say he was going to deal with this situation when he stepped on the mount of honor? Yeah, he loved the people. All his saints are what? In thy hand, and they shall, and they sat down at thy feet, and everyone shall receive of thy word. He called them saints, did he? Mm -hmm. Now, 
Let's go about these saints coming with him to Revelation 19, verse 11 and verse 14. Notice how the word says in Zechariah, verse 5, last sentence that the Lord my God shall come and all the saints with him. And that's what we're talking about here. Those saints coming back with him. Revelation 19, verse 11 and verse 14. 19, 11. Verse uh, uh, 19, 11. Are we there? He said, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithfully true, and in righteousness he did judge and make war. That's where he is now. And look who's with him in verse 14. And the army which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. Uh huh. That means spiritual powers that were all. Clothed in fine linen, white and clean. That's us. We've been washed from the blood. We got our spiritual robes on. He said we're coming back with it during this time. Now, go back to Zechariah, the 14th chapter, verse 8. Are we there? And it shall be in that day. This is what I like here. That what kind of water? Living waters. Those mean spiritual waters. You see, spiritual blessings that are alive. You see, we keep looking for physical blessings that are dead. Oh, y'all don't want to hear me. I'm going to tell you about this right now. You see, if you seek ye first kingdom of God and his right, all this other stuff come. You see, I'm not going to preach to you about how you can get your stuff. I'm not going to do that. Now, I'm going to preach to you how you can get God who will give you your stuff. You understand what I'm saying? You don't need to know how you get your stuff. You need to know who the one is that can get you your stuff. You see the difference? So I'm not going to do that. See, I'm not going to preach that a blessing is a car or a new house or none of that. I'm not going to Oh, no, no. See, because you know what? That's not living water. That's not a life. That's going to pass away. He said living water. Did he? That means blessings that are alive. Spiritual blessings. See, God is the giver. First of all, God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Yeah. So what God gives you, it's got life to it. You see, when it comes to spiritual blessings, living waters. Living waters can only come from a living God or from the God of the living. Okay? Now, God is not going to give you living waters to die because he's the God of the living. Okay? Your car ain't going to last for so long. Matter of fact, we in this body ain't going to last for so long. So bodily exercise is property to live. That you mean running in money and everything else. See, that'll come on its own if you just let God do what God's supposed to do. You see? See, see, notice. He stepped on suffering before we could get to peace. Right? Okay. You need God before you need God to give you money. Because you'll kill yourself. God has blessed plenty of them in here, have you not? And they don't know what to do with it. And now they broke again. And they made. 
because they see those of us that are continuing to prosper. They got problems. You know? They got problems with that. You know? But you see, you got to keep doing what you know to do. And you got to continue to be around people that are going to challenge you and push you to be your better self. You understand? See, you don't need to be around people just going to say it's all right to be where you are. No, it ain't all right to be in the state that any of us are in. It's always another higher place. Amen? So in order to get there, you're going to have to, you got to get some people around you who are willing to reach down and pull you up. But make sure you ain't a tick trying to pull him down. You understand what I'm saying? Because even for the person that's reaching down trying to pull you up, they got somebody that they reaching up to to pull them up higher too. See, that's how that goes. You understand? So you got to seek out people who want to make you your better self. You don't, if you got to stay in your house, it's better to be in your house minding your business with God, who is your highest calling. Than to be fooling with folk. You understand what I'm saying? Because they'll pull you away. They'll pull you away. And they'll hurt you. And then they'll leave you stranded. Because they're only going to do it for about two or three weeks and then they're going to slack off from you. That's how they do you. That's how people will do you now. Get you stranded and leave you stranded. So God is telling us that, that, that we, we really need to be cautious of this because it says that, sorry, he said, and it shall be in that day that living water shall go out of peace, Jerusalem, living water, and half of them, I mean verse 8, half of these waters, these living waters, are going to hit the former sea, and half of them toward behind the sea. In summer and in winter shall it be. In other words, first of all, these living waters are going to deal not only in the good times in your life, but in the winter times of your life too. Living water. In other words, you're going to be blessed. Give me good, y'all. You're going to be blessed regardless of whether it's summertime in your life or whether it's winter in your life. You still going to have those living waters. Now watch what they do. When they come out of Jerusalem, what do they do? They split, don't they? One goes to the what kind of sea? Former sea? That's that dead spirit. He's going to put life in your dead past. Well, you, 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 you understand what I'm saying here? God said, you know, them things that were dead in your life in the past, you know, God said, look here, I'm going to first, I'm going to bring it alive. It's going to catch up to you. See, it's some things that been held up back here because they don't get wrong. God gonna bring it out of death row. He's gonna send life back to it. And when he send life back to it, see you being connected with it, it's gonna bring it back into you. You see? You understand? It's a package. See, God's blessing, God's blessing got a grandfather clause in it. It's retroactive. Do you understand what retroactive means? Retroactive means that what was back here, it goes back to that too and brings it up. It's sort of like getting your uh, disability, okay? We denied you back in 2000, but you didn't get it to 5,000, I mean to 2005, but 
but we got to go all the way back to 2000 and bring it all the way back up to it. Now, you understand what I'm saying here? That's how that is. That's how that is. See, that's the difference between what we call eternal life, there's eternal life, but there's everlasting life. You see, everlasting life is imputed into eternal life. You see, everlasting life is found only in Christ. Eternal life can be found in heaven or hell. You're going to spend it somewhere in eternity. That's but I will live a lasting life. I got to have that ever Impute me into the river of everlasting life. That's what you impute me into. So, these waters are going to go. Half of them are going to go back into that old dead past spirit. That old past dead spirit of us. You know the one? You want to have you sitting in a room depressed? The one that have you sitting in a room hungry? The one that have you sitting in a room looking like a fool? Come on, come on. We can all identify. Yeah, God said, I'm going to put some living water in that. I'm going to bring up that dead spirit. But not only that, he said, I'm going to send the other half of those living waters toward the hinder seat. Hind the sea is that old procrastinating spirit. He said, you're going to put some life in that fire. <laughs> you know the one, but you know you're supposed to be doing something. And you look, well, I'll get to it later. But later on, never come. And ain't but one way to take care of anything, just do it, as I can say. That's all I need. You'll be the worst thing in the world. The worst torment, the worst misery in the world is to know you need to be doing something and you ain't doing it. And you've already been instructed to get it done. And you sitting there looking at it. Anybody ever lift the weights in inside me? Ah, you don't know. That you're supposed to be hitting that weight power. But you ain't. And it's tormenting you because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You procrastinate. And you ain't gonna be, you can't get it off you until you go and do what you're supposed to do. God said, that over procrastinating spirit, I'm gonna send some life up in there too. God, that's what God says he's gonna do for those that escape. Because remember now, half of them went into captivity. Remember, only the residue. Remember now? Half of them beasts were taken from them. They were raped of all their spoils. That means all their finances, all their goods, you know? They, what they did was they impoverished themselves. They broke themselves. God tried to bring us out of poverty, but we put ourselves back into it because of our poverty mindset. You see? See, when we, when we get something, when we get money, instead of putting it up, we go. When we get food, instead of buying and eating like you got good sense, you eat everything. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Everybody in here know what I'm talking about. Don't play with me. Don't play with me up in here. You know you got the whole month to live on. Now that's just the way it is now. And our minds have got to change. Until they change, we're going to continue to be in that impoverished state. And it don't make no difference how much God gives you. You still going to waste it. 
because you're not around the right people to teach you how not to waste it. And if you do get around, you don't stay around them long enough to understand what it is. It takes a while to plant a seed and put a garden to grow. It don't grow overnight. I'm just giving you real. I'm giving it to you real now. I'm just giving it to you real. Because you need it real. We need it real. Bible says, and the Lord, verse 9, and the Lord shall be king over all earth. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. Ain't gonna be all of this other stuff. Amen. See, this is what I like about God. See, that's why, you know, you, you know, you know, y'all, you can, you read now, I don't worry about folk no more. Because I know what that word say. I'm gonna show you something in this word. I'm gonna show you something in this word. Verse 10 says, All the land shall be turned as a plain from Geba to Ramon, which is south of Jerusalem. That means that Geba to Ramon means that all the land is going to be sanctified from above. Amen. See, God's going to sanctify the thing. Now. And it's all going to be south of Jerusalem. And it shall be lifted where? Up. And inhabited in her place. You see, the land that belongs to God, that God has given to us, is supposed to be lifted up and in its place. He says, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. We've taken God's land, we've taken God, taken him off his throne, and brought him down here to do earthly things for us. That's what we need. That's what the church has done. That's what the church has done. They've discounted God that way. Mm -hmm. I had people tell me yesterday, I was at a club yesterday, this certain group of people say they don't even believe, this, this elder of church of Christ said, they don't even believe in uh, miraculous healing. I didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing. Because, see, I learned not to debate God's word. And they teach people that because they're elders all over the church. You understand what I'm saying here? Teaching that crazy stuff. Putting God in a box called religion. If you don't speak in tongues, you ain't safe. You ain't got the spirit of God. Putting God in a box. You can't play music in the church. Putting God in a box. When the Lord say, play music. Make a job from the altar play the cymbals in the tambourine. You understand what I'm saying? Putting God in a box. Making God out of a sugar daddy. Mm -hmm. Sowing the seed and God will make love to you. If you sow, sow because you're obedient to God. Amen. God take care of you. Amen. You know what the word says. I ain't got to keep telling you over and over what God's word say. You've been taught. Amen. I ain't gonna waste my time. I got other things to teach you. Amen. That's first grade. No, that's kindergarten. That's where Jada Book going. Amen. Ha! <laughs> that head start. Amen. That ain't even kindergarten. That head start. Let's grow up in this thing. We gotta grow up. Now look at here. Cause God's gonna bust hell wide open with us if we ain't careful. 
From Benjamin the gate to the place of the first gate, verse 10, chapter 10, verse chapter 14, verse 10. He said, from the tower of Hananel unto the king's wine press. And verse 11 said, all men shall dwell in it, and there shall be no more utter destruction. See, all God is telling us to do, we just need to come on in. But Jerusalem shall be what? Safely and happy. In other words, your peace is going to be. God, you remember when I told you that God delivered, promised us deliverance Wednesday night? God said, now, Sin a sheriff, which is that thought of destruction, ain't going to be able to come in no more. Amen. He said, no, nah, you're going to be laughing at it. Wagging your head and say, no, nah, I ain't going for it this time. Just told them that. And told them that as soon as they hear, they go out the door and forget. They forgot what they didn't go out the door. You know why? Because as soon as church gets missed, we go right back to that place mentally where we were before we came. We go and pick that mess back up in our mind. <laughs> We do. We do. And get weighed off of that. That's where the enemy comes in and steals it. Soon, soon, soon as the word of God is preached, what happens is that old enemy just come in and just take it before it can take root. By putting your cares in the world and all that stuff off. Alright. Verse uh, verse 20 says, And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smit all the people that have fought against the ruler. All over this fight against our peace, we're all going to smit them. He said, their flesh shall consume them away while they stand upon their feet. This is the word. Their eyes shall consume away in their holes. That's nasty. And their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. He's going to stop a whole lot of mess from going on. And it's come to pass in that day, uh-huh, that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them. They're going to be in trouble. And they shall lay hold every one on the other hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. See what they're going to do? He's going to send them, he's going to confuse them, and cause them to go against one another. His own people. He's talking about his people. And Judah, praise, shall fight at Jerusalem, which is peace. See that? They're coming in together now. Praise and peace. Gonna team up. And the wealth of all the heathen, I like this, round about shall be gathered together. Gold, silver, apple, apparel, and great abundance. Proverbs 13 22 says, The wealth of the sinner is laid up for who? Just. So the wealth of the sinner is laid up for Larry. Put your name on it. Thanks, Steve. Because ain't nothing gonna happen to you over your big mouth. You open every other place, so open it you run that mouth for everybody else, oh man, now. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for Larry. Put that thing on it. You know, open that mouth for everybody else, open it now. Come up in church. But you're ready to hell all out there. You ain't got no problem opening your mouth out there. So open it now to God. Let God know you in the house and that you real with God. Speak that thing. And when you speak it, believe it. Gotta receive this thing, man. If God's word says it, then you got the right to take it back to him. He said, prove me now. In other words, try me. But if you don't believe it when you say it, hey man, when you go to God, man, you take his word and confidence back to him. Hey, now, 
Hallelujah. Help you. Amen. Don't be playing around with him. Hey, it's me. Remember me? Be playing around with God. God want to know you with him. Now, I know if you walk around like this, now, he don't know you. Hey, it's called a heave offering. All right. Let him know that, yeah. Let him know. God get excited when he knows you're excited about him. Amen. And excitement don't come from just jumping around acting a fool, but excitement comes from the way you're walking with this thing. Amen. You know, hey, are you walking like you like you confident with this thing? Or are you walking like, I don't know, Lord. You got to walk with confidence. Amen. You got to know that regardless of what it looks like, God's word says it is what it is. And God has said, if he's God, then he can't lie. So God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Because he said his word will prosper in the place that he sent. In the thing that he sent it into. If he sent that word in you, it's going to prosper. It's automatic. Because God said, I'll watch over my word. Wherever you go, I'll watch. <laughs> That's what I like about God. Ooh, the problem here, we don't watch it. What we do is instead of us guarding it, hiding it in our heart and watching over it, we let the devil come and take it away. Now God ain't so that takes God's eyes off you. That takes God's eyes off you. As soon as you let the devil take his word, his eyes follow where the word is going. You understand what I'm saying? Keep you better recognize when God, when we allow God's word to move away from us, God's eyes move where His word is going. He watching His word. That's why He said, "Look here, I need to hide this word in my heart so that I won't sin against thee." In other words, Lord, I need you to continue to look my way. He said, "Well, I'm trying to change something. I just gave you a great revelation now in that word now." Holding that word. Don't let that word leave. Just as soon as you let that word leave us, then what happens is God's head begins to go toward where that word is. And what happens is, is that you, your, you already got the word, and then what happens is you get the word that somebody else should have had too, and that causes God to bless you even more. Well, because the word searches for somebody to go into. You know what I mean? So if the person beside you might not, hey, you understand what I'm saying? The people ain't here today, you see, the word is going into, it ain't being wasted, it's going in more. You understand what I'm saying? It, I'm trying to tell you, man. I'm trying to tell you now. Talking about the spirit up in here. Spirit of the Lord. Yes, Spirit of the Lord. Fourteen, verse 14 says, And Judah shall also fight at Jerusalem. Verse 15 says, And so shall be the plague of the horses, of the mule, the camel, the ass, and all other things that shall be in the tent the, 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 uh, with these plagues. In other words, those people who went into captivity because they allowed the nations to take away their peace, well, even their possessions, their livestock and everything else, you know, all that's going to catch the plague too. In other words, this is a, a, a spiritual word about their, 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 their uh, 
horses and mules and all like that represent our affection. To see all that would be played. And it's going to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem, there's going to be a few people left out of the people that went against Jerusalem. Even they should go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and keep the feast of tabernacles. Now watch this. They bucked against God, didn't they? But some of them made it through, didn't they? So God sets up a standard, a government, where year by year they got to go up to Jerusalem, peace, to commemorate the Feast of Tabernacles. Feast of Tabernacles is in the seventh month of the Jewish sacred calendar, Tishri, Tishri, seventh month. Feast of Tabernacles means it commemorates the 40 years that God took Israel through the wilderness. You understand that? That's the Feast of Tabernacles. It represents the 40 years that God took Israel through the wilderness. Spiritually speaking, we are Israel. Spiritually speaking, the wilderness is this earthly life of existence. God has taken us leading us with the clouds, which means his word, in this will of this earthly life that we live Do you understand you see how the difference is between the spiritual teaching and the physical teaching, church teaching? See the difference? There's a big difference. Because spiritual teaching allows you to bring it into the spirit of you. Not have you way back there uh, thousands of years ago some 3,000 years ago or, or, or more, but it brings it into now, a now situation. So, he says, now, look here, remember? Now, now these are the ones who really have rebelled against him. He said, even though that are left, he's going to set this government up, and these are the stipulations. He says that in verse um, 17, that it shall be that whosoever will not come up of all the families of the earth, whosoever shall not come. You know, you got some people that are both, they don't want to assemble themselves together. It says, whosoever that in the families of all the earth, unto Jerusalem, the ones that don't want to come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even unto them shall be no what? No blessing. All right, watch this. And if the family of Egypt which is of the world, go not up and come not. That have no rain either, no blessing. That shall be the plan wherewith the Lord will smoke the heathen that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles. See, what, what God is telling you here now is that, you know, right now, we've got a choice. But whether we come or not. But God is going to set up a government where if you don't go, he's going to put a plague on you. He, do you see it in the word? Do you see what God is saying? That, that right now, God, he said, every knee shall bow and every tongue going to confess. I'm going to set up a government on this earth where I ain't going to be asking you to serve me. 
You won't serve me. See, right now I'm giving you the opportunity to do it. Because when I came, I came as a man. But when I come back, I'm coming back as a line of Judah. And I'm not taking no for an answer. When I set my government upon this earth, and you don't want to show, I'm going to play you. That's his word. That ain't mine. That's his word. So you don't want to come and see me? I've got something for you. Bang! See, that's old school, God. That's old school. That's words. That's old past words. That ain't what they're getting out. Because that don't draw much attention, see. Because everybody wants to do their own thing. Because all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the spirit. I know I'm preaching good to you Because I'm here. Help us. That's right. That's right. Because it's scarcely a rich, uh, a righteous man saying, What is he saying up here? Amen. He who people think it is. That's why we got to stay under the anointing. We got to stay under the covering. We got to be protected with this thing. Verse 19 says, This shall be the punishment of Egypt. And I'm getting ready to close here. And the punishment of all the nations that come not up to keep the feast of the tabernacle. You see it there in verse 19? It's a punishment. Ain't going to be no more if you want to. Ain't going to be no more whosoever will nothing. No, you will. And in that day, there shall be upon the barrels of the horses. Oh, God, thank you. Holiness unto the Lord. And the pots which are the thrones in the Lord's house shall be taken or shall be like the bowl before the altar. In other words, they're going to be clean. They're going to be gold. Yeah. Every pot in Jerusalem, every soul in peace, and every soul in Judah shall be in holiness, or every soul in, in peace, and every soul in praise. Jerusalem and Judah shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts. And all they that sacrifice shall come and take of them and see therein. Mm. And in that day there shall be no more the Canaanites. Uh-oh. In the where? Ain't gonna be no more Canaanites up here. You understand? You know what a Canaanite is? That's a good word for a kick. That's a church lord who still live in this world. That's what a Canaanite is. That, you know what a Canaanite is? A Canaanite is somebody that serves false gods. A Canaanite is that person called the idol called self, the one that puts self before God. A Canaanite is the one who, all his ways, clean in his own life. In his own life. He, he, he or she will find a reason not to do what God say do, the way God say. In other words, they got a zeal for God, but they don't have the knowledge of God. You see. They got a zeal for it, but they don't really understand just what 
what it's all about. They just don't understand. Look at the word of God here, and I'm going to close up. Romans 10, verse 1 through 3. Watch the word. This is a Canaanite. Let me show you what a Canaanite is. See, a Canaanite can be Israel. If you go up in there and start mixing in with them. He said, don't go mixing in with them. Romans 10, verse 1 through 3. When you get there, please say amen. And then I'm going to quit on it. Brethren, are you there? They said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel that they might be what? Saved. Ooh, I thought Israel was saved. I thought the church was saved. Got a problem here. There's a problem here. He said, look, this is my prayer. That means something ain't right. But look, but look at verse 2. For I bear them record that they have a what? They got a zeal for God. But not according to what? They got a zeal. They got a passion, but they're stupid. They ain't got no knowledge. They They know how to jump around and roll on the floor, but they're ignorant of the word. They don't know what the word says. So they got a zeal for God, but it ain't according to God's mind. Now that's book. Yeah, I'm looking at this book. I'm looking at this book. First of all, he said that my prayer is that they might be saved. Said they got a zeal for God. I admit that. I admit the church got a zeal for God. But I also admit they ain't got much knowledge in it either. Not the real knowledge. I also admit that too. And verse 3 says, For they being what? Ignorant. In the right of what? God's righteousness. What did they do? And going about to establish their own righteousness in their own eyes. All their ways are clean. And going about to establish their own righteousness, they have not done what? They don't want to submit themselves unto the righteousness of God. They don't want to submit to it. They're trying to do their own thing, aren't they? Hmm? That's weird. The ways of a man are right in his own eyes, but he ain't there to death. We got to be careful. I got to get tomorrow. Remember that I told you in the beginning? To get between Tiffany's and Walmart. I know I cut a little bit up in here today, but it's okay, because I love it. Don't worry about that. Remember who you are. You ain't Tiffany's. You ain't in Walmart. You got a Tiffany taste. And you got to work about it. And you better understand that. Don't you let the devil tell you it ain't got nothing to do. If I was come out, if, if I went out there and got on a bicycle, it'd have Tiffany on it. Can't be Tiffany. It make no difference about that. What I'm trying to do is let you understand the wealth that's inside of you. You gotta understand that, don't you? Let the devil take your wealth. You better understand that you, you belong to Tiffany. You shop at Tiffany. You don't shop at Walmart. Even when you go to Walmart, I'm talking about in the spirit now. Understand what I'm talking about here. In other words, don't you let nobody take you down off where God is taking you. Don't you do it. Start giving you cheap stuff. When the cheap stuff. You buy tickets. You buy watch about Rolex. 
Yeah, Rolex. Buy, you buy Rolex. I'm talking about your spirit. I'm talking about your spirit. Come on up, bring your clothes, honey. Dick y'all come on around and do what y'all want to do.